Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's 9.30 in 716. Well, we're here today because... uh of the, of the revelation of 25 more names of uh, possibly clerically abusive priests. This just confirms how many there are and, you know, and, and who they are now. And the excuses he uses for not revealing these names is just beyond belief. This uproar over these names uh, is, you know, it's a distraction from, from a, uh, a long list of things that we've been working on and about which we actually had a degree of hope that uh, there were there were positive things underway. I'm Tim Wenger on 930 and 716, and so it continues. The sordid details on the ongoing priest abuse scandal in the Buffalo Diocese and beyond. WKBW reporter Charlie Speck last week released a story claiming the Catholic Diocese of Buffalo withheld the names of 25 priests who have been accused of abuse. It led to another demonstration across the street from St. Joseph's Cathedral in downtown Buffalo, this time on Palm Sunday, calling for the resignation of Bishop Richard Malone. Well, we're here today because uh, of the of the revelation of 25 more names of uh, possibly clerically abusive priests. Robert Hotson heads up the Road to Recovery Ministry and advocates for victims of alleged priest abuse. And uh, the fact that they were found again and the documents were not revealed by Bishop Malone is very disconcerting, and but not surprising. Uh, we think there are files all over the Diocese of Buffalo, in closets, in file cabinets, or wherever in the bishop's own room, that still have not been revealed. And the excuses he uses for not revealing these names is just beyond belief. Uh, the fact, for example, that a, a deceased priest cannot defend himself if, if an allegation is made known publicly. Well, guess what? He should be thinking about the victim of that priest who came forward with that allegation so that that person might be able to move forward and heal and be uh, involved in a program of recovery. But Bishop Malone is always protecting the image and the assets and the personnel of his church rather than the children who were harmed uh, en masse in this diocese of Buffalo. What did you make of the, you know, you referenced the 25 names report that uh, that Charlie Specht um, uh, released and reported on. Um, very quickly, the diocese uh, put out lengthy statements uh, of response in, in rebuttal to that. I read the lengthy statement. It once again is a rationalization for Bishop Malone's incompetence. Uh, he's now quoting all kinds of statistics. He's talking about the fact that abuse happens all over, and especially in families, and it's not so much in the church. There were 2,300 priests who worked here in the Diocese of Buffalo, you know, for many, many years, and therefore the percentage of priests here is low. He's rationalizing away his incompetence and the cover-up of many bishops here in the diocese, and he still is not focusing on the main issue, the victims. He is not talking about their recovery, their healing, and the truth surrounding their abuse. We're going to have access to the bishop tomorrow. We'll be asking him questions. 
What would you ask the question? What, what would the question be that you would ask if you were sitting there? Bishop Malone, how is it that you are admitting your own incompetence by establishing this, this uh, committee to restore trust, which means that there is no trust, and number two, that you assembled a group of lay people to tell you how to handle this issue, which says to me that you as the bishop are admitting that you cannot be the person to handle adequately cases of clergy sexual abuse against children, against teenagers, against vulnerable adults. Uh, so why are you staying? You know, get out of town. <laughs> Finally, you know, what do you make of the, uh, you know, they're working together. The, 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 uh, the group to restore trust is working in conjunction, it, it appears now, or in, in some concert with the diocese. Well, my fear is that those two committees will be whitewashes of the Bishop Malone administration. Uh, once lay people and once commissions are established by the bishop, that means that he's going to have control over those groups. And I don't think we're going to get the truth at all. Unless we have independence, like we have with the civil authorities and the federal authorities now, uh, we're not going to get any truth out of the Diocese of Buffalo. WBEN's Brendan Keeney looking for reaction to the report, characterized by some as explosive, released by WKBW, and turned to the man charged with leading a group of lay persons trying to help restore faith in the diocese. Uh, I, I'm not sure I would uh, agree that it's as explosive as you say that it is. John Hurley is president of Canisius College and with the movement to restore trust. The diocese has always, always acknowledged that there were names that were not included on the list for uh, for various reasons, principally um, priests who are deceased uh, for whom there was only a single accusation of abuse. They've, they've acknowledged that almost from the start here. So this just confirms how many there are and you know, and, and who they are now. And I said explosive more because it just always sounds bad when the uh, the attitude is that something is being withheld or the diocese, given everything that happened within 2018, hasn't been fully transparent. But but they acknowledged in 2018 that they when they released the names that 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 they were holding something back. So so yes, uh, the fact that the names uh, have, weren't released is one thing. But but they but it's not like they they hid that they they told people that they those names weren't were not what is your response to how the diocese handled the accusation that they withheld these names um and uh the credibility uh what's your response to the credibility of the reporting well um okay so there's there there was an issue throughout 2018 as to whether the diocese was going to make public the names of people who had been accused of uh, sex abuse, and what you realize is it's not it, it's not a single type of case. There are there are apparently now I've come I've come to see this. There are many different kinds of situations. Uh, some involve pedophilia, some do not. Some involve um, improper conduct of another degree. Some involve improper relationships with adults. You know, so it's when, when we talk about the release of names, the question is release of names of people accused of doing what, and um, and and even within the pedophilia category, which people seem most intent on bringing to the surface, 
there was this issue of uh, of a priest who had otherwise led a, uh, a, a, a you know a problem free life who had deceased and then and then after he was deceased a single person person came forward and how do you how do you balance the um, the the rights of the victim who um, who who for whom there has been some grave injury. How do you balance the rights of that person and the rights of a person who is deceased and can't respond to an allegation? Because, um, you know, what what if the allegation uh, turned out not to be true? And so, to balance that, you know, the diocese decided, and you can you can quibble with the decision, but it's not a question of transparency. It's a question of arguing with the judgment of who should be on a list of publicly disclosed people accused of um, uh, of, of wrongdoing. So, I, you know, in, in, at the end of the day, um, our our effort, the movement to restore trust, has been has been working on this issue and many many others over the last four and a half months. Um, we had reached a point where we had urged the diocese to consider full disclosure of all those accused. And we had provided the diocese with a format of a report that they could use. They should think about using it. It, it mirrored what was in use, uh, what has been in use in the Archdiocese of Boston. Um, to our, um, and this was included in a list of a long list of recommendations given to the diocese. Um, we were we were pleasantly surprised that the bishop welcome the suggestions and we have been in discussions with the diocese about how this might this might happen this and many other reforms that we were talking about might happen and um, uh, right now to think that uh, this is you know that, that this work is being thrown uh, maybe off track by by a new revelation of something which is something we knew about and we're working on I mean I don't, I don't know it's not it, it doesn't seem to me to be uh, helpful to the process because we were we we've been making very good progress on on a whole range of fronts with with the bishop. Basically, uh, the the sense I'm getting is that this is not something that wasn't known, and that the diocese last year said there were names that were being withheld for the reasons that you gave, but the optics of it may hold back the process that the movement to restore trust has been making throughout the past couple months. Well, this this uproar over these names uh, is, you know, it's a distraction from from a uh, a long list of things that we've been working on, and about which we actually had a degree of hope that uh, there were there were positive things underway. Be- because there was already knowledge that there were names that haven't been released. This doesn't affect your view of the diocese or the bishop or how they're handling it. No, because I knew this. Right. This isn't news to me. I mean, I, we had we had a similar we had a similar issue last year when when the bishop uh, when the bishop uh, declined to put on the list um, priests uh, order priests who happened to be serving in the diocese. And this is another area where you can you can argue the point is that well maybe they should have been on the list. Okay, but but. We gave you the reason why they weren't. It was because they were subject to their own disciplinary processes by their order and not by the Bishop of Buffalo. How do you guys move forward now? Uh, 
we uh, expect to have an announcement uh, pretty closely, pretty soon here about a, uh, a list of um, um, several initiatives that we put on the table with the bishop and the bishops agreed to. And, um, and you know, this story, as they say, is a uh, somewhat of a distraction from that effort, but that's, that's fine. I mean, we're going to still go forward. I think, I, I think, you know, this process uh, of rebuilding trust is, uh, uh, is not, is, is not an overnight process and, um, and there's much work to be done. And, but I think in, in the meetings I have attended, um, I think people have understood that and, um, people are in it for the long haul. And, and this, transcends, as I've said repeatedly, this transcends any individual bishop or any individual person. The, uh, we're talking about um, problems that were years in the making and are going to be years in the solving. Bishop Richard Malone will respond to the report along with Hurley on Bowerly and Bellavia today on WBEN. That's 930 in 716. We're back tomorrow with another edition from the studios of WBEN Buffalo. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.